Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, welcome back in here on UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast. It's Stephen Diener right here. Karen Curtis over there on this episode 59. Thanks for being patient and hanging around and waiting for us to do this because we are happy to be back. How are you, Karen? I'm terrific. Thank you so much. How are you, my friends? I'm all good. Um, both Karen and I, I know, you know, some of you saw the message that we put out on our uh, Twitter there at UA Podcast 850 that we had the episode, this episode we're about to do today, which is new details on the uh, Virginia case, not Virginia, Virginia, but in Brazil with, I mean, it's a famous we case. We'll told recap you about it. it. Yeah, well, we've done an episode on it. We'll recap it here for you, but there's some new things coming out with it that uh, were worth focusing on on a whole episode, really, for today. And we were going to do it last week, but unfortunately there was a little thing called Hurricane Nicole that kind of sidetracked us in our preparation and and doing this episode. But uh, we're fine. Everything's fine. Nothing bad happened. Nothing says Thanksgiving like a hurricane. Good Lord. Good old South Florida. (laughs) So we're happy to be back here with you today, though. So as we get into it... Before we go into uh, all of our stuff here, I want to recap a little bit first, Karen, from the last episode where we talked a little bit about in the factoid area, before we get to today's factoid, we talked a little bit about like new government disclosures, how they were going to be coming out with these new reports. And I just want to mention real quick, I wanted to focus on that in this episode today too, but there really hasn't been anything new that came out. There's, there's still not saying much about these new reports that are supposed to come out. My guess would be, and this is just my own conspiracy theory, that it's probably going to drop like on Black Friday, Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, yeah. That way nobody would pay attention to it. Exactly. Just bury it. And so I I could see that happening. But I don't know. We'll see. But there really isn't much new to talk about. So I guess the thing, the question to ask is why the delay? What's what's with it now that they're deciding not to bring up and hoping people just forget about? And one thing I did see is they're trying to now downgrade previous like mainstream sightings that have been talked about, like the the famous Tic Tac UFO Nimitz uh, UFO that was seen off the uh, USS Nimitz back in 2004. The famous video that kind of brought this whole discussion into the mainstream. Now they're even seeing that the the pilots are mistaken that it was a drone, but really because of the angle that it was being filmed at, was, the the speed was deceiving, and and they were wrong about about what they saw. No. Oh yeah. So they're they're already putting it out there that. Again, no, you're just crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. It yeah, was swamp they, gas. They got all the alphabets involved. It was national oh, yeah. security problems. They've got Space Force, CIA. They've got everybody involved in these weird phenomena. Exactly. So now there's delay and there's doubt. So huh. I will just say this before we move on to our actual factoid for today. Factoids, actually. Um, when there's doubt, when they start casting uh. doubt on this stuff... That's when you need to ask more questions. That's right. We're getting tons of stories about what you guys have gone through. So interesting. Absolutely. So we're going to go through one of those today. But I know you have a factoid as well, Karen. What's I going on? I certainly do. Finally, the Artemis rocket took Yay. off. 7.6 million pounds of thrust. Liftoff of Artemis 1. 
we rise together. That's right. Very dramatic moment a couple nights ago. We rise together. In- 7.6 million pounds of thrust. Yes. That's Bill Nelson in one of the greatest yeah. sound bites of all time. He uh, actually is the head of NASA now. That's right. Yeah, he used to be a senator, right, for yeah. Florida? And, but, and an astronaut. So. Well, he went up, yes. I guess you're an astronaut if you go up in space. Yes, right? that's yeah. right. That's, that's what um, he does. <laughs> so the, it blasted off toward the moon. That was this week. It was, yep. And um, it's full of science experiments, but no people. It's got three dummies on board. That's right. So the, what they want to do, and there was actually a little Snoopy plush doll that I thought was cool, a little right. astronaut suit. I think that was kind of like their indicator of zero gravity. Once it started to float, they knew that's they had zero gravity at that moment. I want one. I know, those are great. But um, it, great moment moment for for the country for the world for you know the space industry and on the space coast of florida that nasa finally got this rocket up the most powerful biggest, rocket yeah. biggest rocket ever made so exciting so a, a team from southwest research institute will be studying solar winds which will be critical oh, cool. for setting up a moon base right right and remember china's up there that's right yeah they're on the dark so side this of the is moon. really critical so we don't know what they're doing over there or what they've been doing. They've been up there for a couple of years. But no, this is huge. I mean, this is the first step into getting people, Americans, back on the moon. Well, they haven't been up there since the early 70s. 1972 was the last time, the last Apollo mission that took Americans up to the moon. So you're talking 50 years. And by the time they actually do launch humans to the moon, they're talking maybe 2025. 20, so it'll be over 50 years at that point. Somewhere in there. So in the next few years, two to three years, hopefully we'll be talking about a moon landing. How cool is that? That's the first step. So happy to see Artemis finally go up after all those delays. Now, we mentioned that we had a couple of factoids. And I wouldn't quantify this even as a factoid. This is more of, I don't know, I guess a shout out. Because we've said before that if you have your stories, please feel free to reach out to us. Um, and you know, let us know your stories. You know, we've some of you have emailed Karen before. Your encounters. Yes, exactly. We've had a, a couple of encounter stories that have come to our attention this week. But I want to read one specifically uh, from one of our listeners who reached out to us on Twitter at UA Podcast Eight Fifty. Before we get into the meat of the story here today about the uh, uh, Virginia Brazil sighting and the new details surrounding it. I wanted to relate this story that they gave to us. This is from Firebird6987 on Twitter. Thank you. And they said, hey, UA Podcast 850 team, hopefully my videos come through. They sent us a couple of videos that were pretty interesting. They said, in September of this year, myself and about 10 coworkers were training with a large commercial drone in Virginia near Richmond. The weather was beautiful, and I can confirm from the videos it was beautiful blue sky. They said it was a picture-perfect day, blue skies, no clouds, no wind. And approximately 10.30 a.m., one of my coworkers looked up in the sky and noticed two objects looked like orbs that were very high up. The objects were spaced equally apart, moving steadily, slowly, consistently across the sky. The objects were very bright, flashing as they moved together. Now, just for um, reference, I've seen the videos, and what our listener here is describing pretty much fits to a T what I saw in the videos. It's, it was pr- actually pretty, pretty captivating, the videos that I saw from them. They said all 10 of us saw the same thing throughout the duration of the sighting. Which we like. We like to have multiple witnesses. Multiple witnesses. So that was a huge factor here in the story and why we decided to read it. This isn't like, you know, some joke story somebody sent us. This is a real sighting. They said the sighting lasted about 10 minutes. About five to seven minutes into the sighting, one of my other coworkers began to notice abnormalities with our drone. Huh. This is really interesting. It's another reason why I I wanted to read this. They say the first thing that he noticed was that when he unplugged the batteries from the charger inside of the drone, they indicated 100% charge. 
He walked immediately to the drone and plugged in the batteries. Seconds later, from the master control terminal, the batteries indicated 50% charge. This obviously was not normal and quite impossible with new batteries. Additionally, an error popped up on the screen that indicated the drone could not take off. No reason why. Wow. And they said from here, every sort of troubleshooting would not clear the error. Now, of course, you're on this retreat with your work. You're going to try to figure out any way possible to make this, you know, this this outing work. You're going to try to get your drone up in the air. And your or- the orbs are jamming your stuff. Right. They couldn't figure out why. But then they go on to say a few minutes later, we all noticed that these orbs, these objects in the sky had disappeared. And at that point, the drone began to function normal again uh, with 100% batteries. Wow. So it went from 100 to 50 back to 100. And they say and I was operable back to operable. exactly right. They say I was able to catch a few seconds of the video, which is what they sent to us. And so, I'm very thanks again, Firebird six nine eight seven. Appreciate uh, reaching out to us, and we've talked a little bit more about how you know just the episodes and they're enjoying some of the detail and and the thoughts and uh, the narration that we put into some of these episodes. So we appreciate your story. We appreciate you listening. Can we put the video up? I'll try to retweet some of those videos. Okay. Um, so, so the rest of our listener, you know, audience can see what's, what they sent us, but it's, it's an interesting story. I mean, you're talking about the orbs up in the sky, which I saw, and they are spaced out equally, almost in a triangle uh, type of formation, which I found to be intriguing. You have multiple witnesses with their coworkers. The thing that gets me the most is the electronics not yes, working. Well, that happens, especially over nuclear power plants and nuclear uh, how many, facilities. Yes. How many stories have we heard about with that? Nuclear missile sites. Yeah. So go figure on there. So very interesting story. Thanks again. If Thank you want you. to send us any of your stories, feel free at UA Podcast 850. We opened up our direct message link. So you can send us uh, some messages there. Just you know, direct message us there on, on the Twitter handle. Now, that being said... Karen? Yes. You remember when we spoke about uh, Varginha, Brazil? Yes, the the girls. That's right. And I apologize. I've called it Varginha before. I went with a hard G. So Varginha, Varginha, tomato, tomato, but I believe it is actually pronounced Varginha. Okay. So that's what I'm going with. Um, There was a famous crash there back in uh, the mid-90s, 1996 to be specific. And we we covered this in one of our episodes. The girls were walking home from school? That's right. They're walking home. And, well, actually, we have just a little reminder here, because we did this way back on episode 15. Oh, my gosh. So, if you're unfamiliar with it, they call this, like, the Brazilian Roswell. I mean, it's the most famous sighting in Brazilian history. They see this alien sitting there that looks injured, strange-looking alien, red eyes, all these different features to it. That, I think it, it was smelly, too. Yeah, they talked about that, that it smelled. There's a whole thing that happened with this story that if you want to go back and listen in detail, you can do that back on episode 15. But here's a, some summary, just for short, to refresh your memory here. She saw a, a little creature that was really sweating. There was like a little a person, but with no hair whatsoever, red eyes and three horns. She pointed to the other girls and started running the other way. Yeah, so... So I thought it was hairy, but it has no hair. No hair, yeah. It was kind of like hairless. But um, three arms and red eyes. They had talked about... Yeah, there were a couple of different... Uh, I guess you can say descriptions, but what they what they ended up sticking with was the, the, the two arms and the three fingers, oh, I think is how it ended up working out. It was out. injured, maybe, you know. It was injured, yeah. yeah. So that was a, a famous case. These three women saw it. They never found out what happened afterward. There may have been some military involvement, and people have been trying to figure out ever since. Where was the crash? Where was the wreckage? Where did this thing come from, right? This strange-looking alien. 
So some things have come out with all that in mind. The reason we're digging into this one again today is because there has been some recent chatter surrounding the possibility of new significant details being made public like really soon. And a whistleblower who's actually come forward and claims that he was involved with the Brazilian military in this entire thing. Did, did they ever find the craft that crashed? Well... That may be part of it. Right, exactly. So we'll start with some of these new witness details a little bit because a lot of this talk is coming out now because of a recent uh, investigative documentary that came out called Moment of Contact. <gasps> I haven't seen this yet. It sounds super interesting. I do want to see it, but I haven't seen it yet. And it, it kind of takes into account brand new witness testimony from people who say that they have held their stories. Because we hear about these three women, right? That's the first clip you heard. These three women, right. now women, they were kind of like teenagers at the time when this took place in 1996. But they're the most famous witnesses. Apparently a lot of other people uh. saw this, aliens, saw some craft, saw some really shady things happening. And they've been afraid to talk about it. Of course, until now. Until now, where uh, a director named James Fox, who has made this movie uh, Moment of Contact, he's come out now, obviously promoting the film. It's out now on some different streaming platforms. And uh, he had this to say about some of the new details that are in this, this documentary. Not a single person that appeared on camera in this film did so very willingly. Over a decade, Marco Leal has been working so hard on getting some of these people to testify for the first time in history on this case. Most of them were like, it's never going to happen. We're never going to come forward in the process of those investigations. We came across very credible sources of photographic evidence, both photos and video. Oh, and that's the, new. It is, exactly. And I want to thank, um, there's, there's a great YouTuber named uh, Thomas Thompson, and he put together an awesome compilation of some of this stuff. So that's where some of the sound you're going to hear is is coming from. So we appreciate that because the guy is great if you want to check him out, Thomas Thompson. Uh, so just a shout out to him. But when you talk about this, kind of these new details and these new witness testimonies, it makes you wonder, like, why now? Why all of a sudden yes. are people coming out, right? Yes. If you have photographic evidence exactly. as well, that bolsters your story. So... Why didn't you come out with it in 96? Well, and that's a great question, Karen. I hold on to that question because okay. you're going to be asking that throughout this episode, I think, with some of the things you're going to hear. And that does lead us to the next element, which is the military involvement. According to a man named Vittorio Pacchini, he came forward as one of the new witnesses. Now, the reason he stood out is because this whole thing may go way deeper than we ever knew. Hmm. For reference, this guy was nowhere to be found for the past 18 years years what just disappeared okay and now out of the blue he decides to come out and start naming names saying things that he was on the scene working for the military on that day in 1996 and knows the truth behind what many consider to be the biggest alien encounter story in south american history Pacchini says that he took video statements from the brazilian soldiers who handled the famous red-eyed alien and he kept the videos as sort of an insurance policy. Good for him. This guy has names, receipts, he's got it all, and now he's coming out and saying he's ready to go with uh, details, videos, pictures that nobody's ever heard or seen before that will prove everything and he's that the witnesses have talked about. James Fox's documentary? Yeah, he kind of teamed up with James James Fox as, uh, you know, to, to come in and give some of these new details. But it does beg the question, is this guy full of it? Yeah. Is he just looking for attention, right? Yeah. Because otherwise, why are you coming out of nowhere? Will you be the judge? Because here's what he's been saying in his most recent statements. And 
We're, we're talking just within the past few weeks, by the way, wow. of, of this recording here today on this episode 59. Within the past few weeks, this is what he's saying about some of the things that uh, he's now revealing. You must have been so excited when this came out. Oh, this because is wild you're like, stuff. Oh my I love gosh. it. There are yeah. photos and videos taken by civilians at Regional and Humanitas hospitals. There is little details left for these materials to be negotiated and revealed. Pacacini is in contact with James Fox to try to help with the negotiations. He said it is possible that this will appear on the front page of the New York Times soon. Whoa. Hello. <laughs> so what do you mean the hospitals? Did they take the red-eyed beast to the hospital? So there is talk. <gasps> they treated it? That they were treating these, and there was more than one. Oh. And that, uh, that there's a lot now that's coming that's out about interesting. this. Yes. So now let's just say that this is true. Okay, that what, what Pacchini is saying now, that he has all these receipts, if you will, the testimonies, the videos, that would mean that we could be approaching the most significant disclosure report any of us have ever seen, and one that may many of us have, quite frankly, been waiting to see, and we've been waiting to hear for a really long time, since 1996 when this happened. But do we have any more details on this, right? That, that's what you got to be wondering. When are we going to see it? What will we find out if and when this ever does come out? What kind of hardcore details are we going to find out here? Well, here's what Pacchini had to say about some of these things. He stated that he has military photos and videos secured outside Brazil. He cannot reveal its contents due to an agreement made with the military and is awaiting the green light to carry out its release. He cannot comment on the content of this material. Hmm. So my thinking is this is 96. Right. Now we're 2022. We right. have got social media. Everyone's got an iPhone or a, you know, a, a smartphone. Why aren't we seeing more of these things coming out on TikTok? It's a fair question. And I mean, I'm sure the stuff out there, if we search it, I know a lot of people are on TikTok a lot. Personally, I'm not on there a lot. I mean, I venture into the waters of TikTok here and there. Maybe we should have a UAP on TikTok. Oh, but, good idea. Yeah, maybe that would be a good thing. for if, if you guys like that, you can let us know at UA Podcast 850 on Twitter, where because we do a lot of our back So and readily forth. We're, a, we're able to record and show mm -hmm. something happening. Well, I remember we did have one in Miami. Right. Several people off their balconies. We're recording a UFO. I mean, yeah, to be fair, there are a lot of sighting videos that I, you know you come across on YouTube. There are some on TikTok. But, but none of them where the alien goes to the hospital. Right, exactly. This is That's why this case did is they, so huge. Did they medevac him in the helicopter or did they take him in the ambulance? Well, that's why this, this case is so mysterious because you're talking about real contact, Roswell-like yeah. like type of contact, right. which is why they call it the Brazilian Roswell. But And also, to your, to your point, Karen, when it comes to, you know, why don't we see more of this in the social media age? We do. It's just we don't know if it's real. Right. You know, that's the problem now, too, when it comes with all this technology. People can fake these videos, so it's, we don't know what's real and what's not. It's like that commercial with the green screen and the guy with all the ping pong balls. That's right, yeah. <laughs> He's, I'm climbing the wall now. He's climbing the wall. The ping pong balls are falling off. Oh, well, I think that's a Geico commercial. Right? Oh, God. But anyway, so, but no, it's and it's a fair question, but I think that might be the main reason why. We just don't know what to make of it, right? Some of these videos yeah. we come across on social media. And we try to bring you stuff that's been validated. Yes. And confirmed. Right, exactly. Exactly, or at least has some, you know, some meat to it, which this definitely does. Now, even though we may not know the entirety of, you know, Vittorio Pacchini's secrets right off the bat, he does go on to say that through his experience, some of these things that he believes to be on this other mysterious video that uh -huh. exists out there, there's another video. It's not his, but they say that there's another video that supposedly exists that lasts for about 35 seconds, and this is what he expects 
to be on that video. He said the 35-second video likely shows the creature captured alive in the morning by firefighters as the creature captured in the afternoon by police emerged dead from the Humanitas Hospital. The creature was very weak and did not make the characteristic bee sound described by several witnesses. Small holes in the nostrils, small tear in the mouth, no ears, no nipples, no navels, three long fingers on the hands. So there's a lot to unpack okay, there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I have questions. Please. First of all, what's the D sound? There was a sound being made. There was like, like this this characteristic sounds that witnesses say they heard coming from these creatures, aliens, whatever you want to call them. And for whatever reason, they say that one of these aliens wasn't um, emanating that sound. Now, that may be because they're just unconscious. I don't know. You said they're dead. Yeah, one of them was dead. Um, but, so they sound like greys. Not like some red-eyed, weird, three-armed thing. They sound like greys. They sound like almost like a mutated form of yeah. greys because they were taller than greys. Greys are always um, considered to be or described as being like three to four feet tall, almost childlike. These were described as being taller with red eyes. You never hear about greys with red eyes. No. Well, and the eyes are usually almond-shaped, dark black. Right. And then the, the slit for the nose and the mouth. Right. Why would they take them to a civilian hospital why wouldn't they take them to a military base or something and that's the other thing so that's now weird. you're talking about two bodies yes. now in the original story one was firefighters the other police. one was cops right yeah. Because in the original story with the three witnesses the three girls that you heard at the beginning of of the episode they were talking about just the one Right, and even back to episode fifteen when we first brought this case up, it was it was the one. Now you hear about two bodies, one of them being dead, one of them being brought to the hospital, and so it's very strange. And that's why I was like, we gotta cover this again because there's so many questions. I think he said that they both both the bodies were taken to the hospital, and both right. came out, and they were both dead. One was dead, and then the other one, I guess, survived for a while, from what from from what they're saying. But then he goes he goes on to say that the military recovered body parts Ew. From, of other creatures. So maybe there was even more than two. Huh. That they found body parts from surrounding rivers. And he didn't want You're kidding. No, that's what he's talking about. I mean, it's this is wild stuff. And to your point as well, Karen, when you said why now, right? That's the question. Why now? Is this guy just looking for fame, for fortune, for attention? Otherwise, why come out now? He says that his life was threatened for years. That there were attempts on his life. People shot at him. He was run off the road. Whoa. And that's why he went into disappearance for almost 20 years. And now he's coming back out now. I guess maybe he feels emboldened because of how these discussions are being... It's more mainstream. Yeah, it's more mainstream now. It's being, you know, uh, legitimized. So he's decided to come out. You know, he's being contacted by, you know, uh, directors and writers and all these different people asking questions. So we figured, well, hey, look, maybe it's time. Maybe, maybe people are ready to hear this. So now he's talking. And th these are some of the details he's giving about multiple bodies, about having videos and pictures and all these witnesses, the military being involved. It's crazy. I mean, it's... <laughs> it is. I'd like to know where the craft is if it crashed. Well, and also... Then, then you get L L Bob Lazar in there to... What do you call it? They kind of like, you know, reverse engineer reverse what engineer he was doing. It. That's yeah. right. So what else can we expect? Is this new testimony true? Some of these, you know, new things coming out. What, what, what's going to come out of it? Are they going to bring it out to the mass public? Are we going to, you know, like they said earlier, new front page of the New York Times? Yeah. Is that the kind of thing we're really going to see? I doubt it personally. I mean, 
my personal opinion, I think that's hyperbole. I'm not sure you're ever going to see that. Maybe we will, though. Maybe I'm wrong. I would love to see that. If that happens, that is true disclosure. That is like real in-your-face type of stuff. Here's what's happening. It's real. There's no doubt about it. Here's pictures and videos and testimony no, from Brazilian, Brazilian military. They'll come out and call it Russian disinformation. Oh, no. <laughs> you never know these days. But what about this this strange alien body we keep hearing about, right? We're trying to make sense of, is this a gray? Is it some form yeah. of a gray? Yeah. The one we keep hearing about connected with this case is, you know, the red eyes and like kind of like these almost horn-looking things on the head. Now, there's a theory about what they might be. And if it turns out to be true, it would really change the way we look at this whole thing and maybe even some other famous crash stories. Could the Virginia, Brazil alien simply be cargo <gasps> from a more advanced civilization? Consider this. The description of the bodies connected with the Virginia case makes it sound much more like they were cargo than crew. They seem to be woozy. They didn't have any clothes, the little horns, the color of the skin and stuff. Their reactions did not imply particularly high intelligence. Now, who knows? Maybe this was a crew from a different place, and we don't know what their mental capabilities were or something like that. But you just don't get the feeling, looking at the drawings that have been made, the testimony of the witnesses, that we're dealing with particularly sophisticated aliens here. And I can imagine a cargo craft that ran into some kind of a problem. Pilot error is common, apparently, uh, in which these guys were set loose and weren't really the operators of the craft. Now, wait a minute. How about that for a twist, huh? Since when do aliens wear clothes? Some Maybe they do. We don't know. <laughs> maybe some species do. I don't know. <laughs> no nipples, no belly buttons. Right, no discernible. How, do they, how, how does that work? Well, these are all questions that are over my pay grade, Karen. Oh, my Karen. gosh. My, the mind reels. <laughs> sure does, doesn't it? But that's what. how about that for a theory? Now, that's from a guy uh, named Stanton Friedman. Now, the reason why he's an author, but also uh, I brought him up for a, a specific reason here. Okay, get ready for this. Okay. That came from a documentary that was filmed back in 2010, oh. that, that particular clip there. And I wanted to give his opinion because he has a significant role in all of this. Not only has he done a lot of research on this case, obviously, but it's even been claimed by our whistleblower, mm -hmm. Vittorio Pacchini, that he and Friedman held a secret ah. meeting together a, 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 a couple of years ago where he divulged all of his secrets, the entire story. This whole thing divulged it to Stanton Friedman, the man you heard there giving that theory back in 2010. So it makes you wonder, is there anything to this? Is it possible? So Pacchini came out of hiding in 2010. The, well, that's the thing. So to keep in mind the timeline here, he Pacchini was still in hiding in 2010. So this theory about these aliens being cargo came out before okay. Freeman had this supposed disclosure discussion with Pacchini. Okay. But it just makes you wonder, you know, did he already know something? Or was, is this just a theory of his own? You know, something that he came across as he was doing his research and thought, this doesn't make any sense, right? Because there seems to be a lot of different questions and holes with this story. Where did these aliens come from as far as, you know, they, they seem like they didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> That's what I'm getting, <laughs> you yeah. know? But if they crashed, maybe they were woozy from the crash. Right. And then but you, you're, you're, he's insinuating that they were drugged and they were cargo <laughs> being held in the cargo yeah, hold. Yeah, that's, that's his theory. 
maybe one to consider. And if that's the case, if you want to consider that, then who is this other higher yeah. life form? Yeah. And this lower life form that they're just, you know, kidnapping and drugging or whatever, and trafficking, I suppose, if that's the case. How weird is that? Maybe they just blew them out the airlock. I don't <laughs> <laughs> over over Brazil. I don't know. It's weird though. And something interesting that I've been keeping an eye on, by the way, over the past month or so, is these different sightings of UFOs, UAPs that have been seen in a massive increase in Brazil recently. Yeah, remember we did another episode. I think there was a lot of them in Chile. Yeah, that's right. These, those specifically in Brazil over the past month or so. Now, this may have nothing to do with it or might have everything to do with it. Yeah. But it almost seems like these sightings oddly coincide with the timing of these reports of new evidence and hmm. whistleblowers in this case. Is that kind of weird? It is weird. Am I making too much out of that? That all of a sudden all these sightings are being found? And you speak about sightings on social media. A lot of sightings are showing up on social media in Brazil. Weird lights in the sky. Some people are saying that they're explaining away saying it's uh, Starlink satellites. Okay. Which could be very possible. I mean, I, I, my mind is open. Could be that. Or it could be something else. I find myself every time I go outside at night looking up at the sky since we've started doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I'm waiting to see something. I'm looking all the time. I know. I'm jealous. We get these. I know. To be honest with you, we, you know, we get these uh, messages from, from you guys, from, from any listener who says, oh, I had this experience, that experience, that sighting, or someone told me about this, and you tell us this this story, and I'm like, man. I want to be. Yeah. I want to see that. <laughs> well, the only stories I have are the ones that I've researched. Right. I've never actually experienced it, and I want to. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just meant to be a storyteller. Maybe I'm not meant to uh, to see anything. I don't, I don't know. know. I can't wait for the day you encounter an alien. Oh, boy. That would be something, huh? Oh. <laughs> but just think about this. I mean, I don't know. It's just, just going back and thinking about some of the testimony that we heard from uh, Pacchini or from some of these, uh, these other witnesses. You're talking about multiple bodies, body parts. It seems like just a complete mishandling, honestly, of the Brazilian authorities. It sounds sloppy, and which makes sense. I mean... They've never encountered anything like this before, right? So you might be talking about wreckage, multiple alien bodies, body parts in the river that Pacchini's talking where about. Where are they now? How do you handle that? Right, and where are they now? Apparently Pacchini knows. Oh, okay. So, man, if they actually do come out with some of these real details that Pacchini's talking about, maybe we'll be on the front of the New York Times. I think I if, they, if they wheel out the actual bodies, yeah. But these are new details that we yeah. hadn't heard before as far as... All these other bodies and other possibilities of what these aliens might have been and how things were being handled and who might know about all these other details. Boy, so we'll leave you with this thought today as we become ever increasingly intrigued by this fateful event in Virginia, Brazil back in 1996. I believe it is the responsible thing to do to ask ourselves this honest question. Do we really want to know everything that is going on here? Yes. All right. You're a quick yes. But just think about that question as you listen to this statement from our original three witnesses. Okay, think about that. Do we really want to know? Because they were asked what they would like the world to know about their experience. Here's how they answered. They said it wasn't a good experience at all. If they could choose, they wouldn't go through it again. Mm. And, and only people who have been through what they have been through can tell what, how they felt and how it all affected their lives. So they're clearly traumatized. Wow. And this is an odd one for me in its totality. Usually they're not malevolent. I mean, usually it's not a bad, well, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. 
If you listen back to our Mantis abduction episode, oh. that's rough. And they start probing you. Ooh, that's not, not good. Mantis abductions are really bad stuff. If you want to go back and listen to that, I think that was somewhere in the 40s or late 30s yeah. in the episodes. Um, now, but this is an odd one for me because on one hand, I feel like there's so much to learn from this encounter, right? All these new witnesses, all these new testimonies, all these new details. Not only could we be dealing with UFO crash wreckage, a stranded and seemingly injured alien that was seen by multiple witnesses... But add to that the theory that we could be dealing with an even higher life right, form than them. Right. Yes, and they would—they were these things that we're talking about. These creatures, these aliens—they were just tra- being transported. They were uh. cargo. <gasps> what could have essentially mounted to just steerage? <laughs> Maybe they were criminal aliens. And Maybe they were being you know taken to some sort of a prison. It's a great theory. Why not? Right. Yeah. And of course, mix in all of the new witnesses and the hype of worldwide disclosure surrounding the story. And, well, you have yourself one juicy alien story here, I think, I right? I think so. <laughs> but then even after all that, Karen, I-, I can't help but to feel some sense of, like, foreboding in a way. Why were those women so scared? Right. Why did our new star witness here, Vittorio Pacchini, have his life threatened multiple times? Go into hiding. Go into hiding over it. Over these claims that he's just now attempting to reveal after 25 years. Is there some kind of... Uh, inherent danger or something involved with this or surrounding this one fateful day back in 1996? Or are we simply looking at fearful witnesses who are haunted by an unexplainable encounter and even more fearful government that isn't sure how to deal with or answer questions on an international scale about an event that is of this type of purported magnitude? I mean, how do you handle something like that, right? You just maybe deny and try to ignore that it ever happened. I don't know. I mean, what if it happened in current day Los Angeles? Right. Would the Space Force people converge on the wreckage and the aliens or how would that be handled? Or would you have fire rescue and police officers taking them to the hospital? Would we even know about it? Would we even know about it? Would it even be reported on? I guess the only well, thing... Well, I'm, I'm, you would if it happened on a street in Los Angeles. You would think so. People are going to... Oh, maybe they confiscate the phones, jam. They could jam cells. I'm oh, just saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we talk about new disclosure and everything, but yeah. part of me feels like sometimes it's still the old way where they want to keep right. the secrets from us. Can, yeah. And until we get some answers, I guess I'm just going to keep thinking that way. But we also... That's why we do this. We try to find the answers with you. And some of these stories and just in general with these mysteries and the questions surrounding the UAP phenomenon and life throughout the universe. That's why we do it. And plus, it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. (laughs) But I guess we have a lot of questions, right? And the only thing we can answer that is this. You decide. You decide. Yes. We always leave it up to you. Is Do you think there is really something behind these new claims, these new details, this new documentary? Well, I'd like to see the evidence. Yeah. You know. It's one thing to tell me you've got it, but I want to see it. Then I can decide. Well, that's what they're saying they have. And new, these bodies that were found and, you know, worked on in the hospital. I, I guess we'll see if it ends up on the front of the New York Times, won't we? Yes, we will. <laughs> but until then, Karen. Yes. I will say this, and I know some of you aren't going to like this. We're going to come back after Thanksgiving. Oh, jeez. We won't be here next week, so I'm sorry. It's going to be another couple weeks before the new episode, but that will be episode 60. 
And worth the wait. Yes, because I got to tell you, I am really looking forward to doing this next episode in a couple weeks after Thanksgiving. Because, you know, look, everybody's going to celebrate Thanksgiving. We'll come back after that. But when we do it, can I just tell you, I've had these three words written down in my notes for probably, oh gosh, let me think, 17 years. Well, that's how long you've been collecting this stuff? Yes. For 17 years, I've had these three words written down. Okay. The Philadelphia Experiment. What is that? I cannot wait to do this episode. (laughs) I don't think you understand how excited I am to finally cover this in two weeks when you hear episode 60. Now you've got me interested. We're going to talk about some famous disappearances and how they might have a connection with the UFO, UAP phenomenon. Is there some type of otherworldly connection when it comes to some famous disappearances? Jimmy Hoffa? No, not Jimmy oh, Hoffa. okay, okay. But maybe something like, well, I won't say okay, it. Okay, well, we'll don't see. say it. Come on. Uh, there's more than just the Philadelphia Experiment. You're going to find out in a couple oh, weeks my God. on UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast on episode 60. But until then, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Enjoy yourselves. Stuff yourselves with, with lots of food. Have fun with all the events and family time. And World Cup soccer. Hey, who's <gasps> excited? Right. Big, big me. I am. I'm very excited for USA. World Cup. Yes. Can't wait for that to start as well. So much going on. But we will be back in a couple weeks with episode 60. Until then, make sure to keep following us on Twitter. Subscribe to the, the show on Amazon, uh, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts and download it there. Uh, 850WFTL.com where the show lives as well. And on Twitter, at UAPodcast850. You can follow us and send us your stories and comments right there. We always love to interact with you. So until next time, it's Karen Curtis there, Stephen Diener right here. Have a good one. Thanks.